We are here today with Natalia Capello, who is going to tell us all sorts of interesting things about the world of books, one of which is coming out soonish, I understand. That is right. Hello. <laughs> all right. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're working on at the moment slash what is coming out soonish, because I'm very curious. All right. I am Natalia. And I am an epic fantasy author who is writing a coming-of-age series about fairies, really. All the races of fairies. It's Ooh. epic fantasy. Okay. Wait, all the races of fairies? All the races in the series are fairies, yes. Fantastic. So are you drawing from, like, Celtic fairies or Italian fairies or, like... Um, it's all over the world, really. Okay. Most of the main ones are Celtic and British descent, like the main races, which mm. are she, hobs, which are like kind of like brownies, mm -hmm. um, pixies, mm -hmm. puka, which <gasps> yeah, I, fun. I love puka, um, redcaps, missing mm -hmm. one, and one's called Enku, which I'm not actually sure which myth they're from. They're like yeah, death fairies with them. Yeah, they're a little obscure. Okay. But a lot, of the, a lot of the other races I have that show up as creatures or spirits in the stories are from other fairy mythologies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, give us a little hint on your stories. Well, the main character is named Lorelai, and she pretty much discovers that there is a conspiracy going on with her empire, her government. Ah. And most of the people think that she is crazy and she sets out to prove she's not crazy with this uh -huh. and ends up falling deeper down the rabbit hole into something that's just a world ending sort of thing. Very fun. Right. It, and she ends up meeting these two other she, uh -huh. um, Vanna and Vandermeer, who are the main three of the series that just keep, finding themselves deeper and deeper into what caused like this cataclysm in the history of the world and this great disease that spread and killed off a majority of the population several centuries ago. Uh, oops. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I feel like that could have been um, slightly problematic. Yeah. Huh. And the people all think she's crazy, even though most of the population died. They think she's crazy for that it still exists. Oh. Ah, I see. Like, people keeping vials of smallpox around. Right. Okay. That's exciting. Sounds yeah. really awesome. So how is the world building? So Because you, you said you drew from you know, a bunch of different things. So did you have to, like, create the world from scratch? Or was it... Uh, easier to build upon something that was already in existence. It's a little bit of note, both interestingly enough, this story concept or a lot of the background and everything came from a tabletop role-playing game my husband ran. Oh. I technically is still running. It's the oh. same world, but we're playing okay. at a different age right now, but this happened like last age. So a lot of the ideas I had for the story and stuff stemmed from that, but I've changed it a lot. Fun. So I took off his world, and I took off a lot of mythology, 
mm-hmm. um, not just um, fairies and stuff, but gods and from different pantheons around the world, and I've create, created this world. Oh, interesting. That's not something you often see combined, the world of fairies and the world of uh, different pantheons. It's either, well, at least in my experience, I've seen usually one or the other. Right. I'm a big mythology buff. Yeah. From all over, so I love to mix and match things. And since this is an entirely new world of its own, I thought, why not? Let's go for it. Yay. Sounds like fun. So how did you actually manage that? Um, <laughs> a lot of notes. A lot of reading. Uh-huh. Um, I have, well, I use, right now I use OneNote to sort sure. all my notes and stuff, but um, I, like, have a map, and I have summaries of what happened, like, in the game he ran, and then I have summaries of what I wanted to change, and I just rewrote the summary of what the history was. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. Yeah. Does that mean you have to go back and fix things? Um, I have, pretty much, yeah. Oh. Oh, dear. (laughs) It's a lot of fun for me. I actually love it. Okay. That's exciting. Very fun. Okay, so how many books are in this series that you've got? Or is it just one book? There is three. There's three, okay. Um, there's, the first one is Song of Shadow. Uh Uh-huh. And the second one is Hymn of Ascension. Uh Uh-huh. And Canticle of Magic, which is the third book, just came out. Canticle? Canticle. Which There's actually a word means, I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. I've um the main character is a bard type, like she uses her uh-huh. magic via singing. So uh-huh. I wanted to have a theme of musical something in the titles. I like it. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so does it follow you said it follows the different races, but it are the same characters within each book or is it each book is a different character and then all of it comes together in hopefully saving the world and not destroying it sort of events? Well, the main characters are all she. Mm-hmm, right. And then you get to meet other types of characters throughout that come in as oh. um, the different races, but the the races of the world are all fairy. Right. I think I'm getting a clear picture, and I like it. It sounds very fascinating. Thanks. So how has the writing process been with all of your very intricate world building? It has been a little off and on last semester during, I guess, September to December. I was finishing up my last semester of college. And I graduated, so it was me trying to write and go to college at the same time, which was a little frustrating. But now... It's tricky, yeah. Now I'm able to go full-time, and I have a schedule for myself of, like, how many hours I want to put in it each day. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So how was that transition from, let's see here, uh, basically two full-time jobs to just the one? Surprisingly strange. I mean, you think it would be easier, but when your mind or your habits are certain away, it's a little difficult to adjust, but I'm actually enjoying it, though. Well, that's good. So have you set up, like, a routine? I do. I have a routine set up. Oh, I'm such the same way. If I don't follow the routine, then everything goes wonky. Yeah, that's what I've noticed about myself. If I don't have a routine... 
stuff doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as far as the writing itself, uh, do you have a least favorite part? And I'm talking about from conception of ideas all the way through the money actually hits the bank account stage. It is going to be weird, but I'd say drafting sometimes is my least favorite part. The first okay. draft. Okay. Like, I love the world building, and I don't mind really revising too much because I know I am, but sometimes all the drafting, like, my, what I have planned will change in the middle, and it's frustrating because I have to start replanning what I had. Ah, so you're like a planter. Yes, I am totally a planter, and I've learned that along the way, which is why I stopped plotting so much in the beginning because I know it's then halfway through I'm just going to have a better idea I see so how do you go about only plotting half because I'm okay I'm a dedicated pantser so plotting to me is like a foreign language that I should perhaps um figure out at some point so what I really do is I come up with a list I come up with, I first start out with coming up with a list of ideas or scenes that I know I want to be in the story. Okay. And I kind of decide where I want to begin and where I want to end. Okay. Those are good things to have. Right. And then I try to figure out how to get there. And each scene that I plan out will have like one sentence. Uh So I know what that scene is about. Really. Ah. And then... And then on the days that I'm writing, I will take like a little notebook and I'll write out the scene right before I write it, uh-huh. like bullet points of what I want in that scene. And so when I talk about, yeah, when I talk about it changing in the middle, like those one sentence lines, mm-hmm. I'll either like get rid of like two or three of them and add a different set in there. And so... That's what I've learned. I used to plot a lot more where I'd have like the whole thing planned out and then I'd have to scrap all of it. Oh no. I come up with a different idea. That's why I'm like, no, I only do one sentence because it's a lot yeah. easier. That, that seems like a good idea. Okay. So drafting. Hmm. I can understand that. Yeah. Trying to come up with something new right in the middle of your story. I mean, presumably the idea that you come up with is better. I feel it's better, but yes, <laughs> presumably. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. Okay, so besides mythology, which I imagine you probably look at a lot, is there any other research that you have to do when creating your world? Yes, um, and not just creating my world, when writing it to, like, when I'm on a when I put the characters like on a ship or something, I have to research like sailing and what types of ships there are and stuff. So I'm not just like, and then they stood on the deck and pushed the thingy. No, I have to (laughs) know the terminology. (laughs) I would totally do that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Okay. So uh, that's a lot of research then. It, it is, and then again, the internet has made it so much more helpful. Well, that is true. I but, s- yeah, that is, that is true. Yeah, I spent a lot of time on researching some ships. I even watched some videos on them. Okay, wow. So there must be many water scenes in your books. Um, yes, they spend a lot of time on a boat. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> huh. I feel like this could be a very important plot point, and I want to ask more, but also spoilers. <laughs> yes, spoilers. <laughs> Piff. Oh well. And then distance. I have to sometimes do research on distance, like oh. how long it would take somebody to walk or ride somewhere. Ah. And yeah, how... distance is fun. Um, because you said you've got your map, so right. Hopefully... Do you have distances included in your map or not? Not not distances measured out, really. It's a rough map. Uh-huh. But I have an idea of how long I want it to take them to get somewhere, and so I kind of set up the map that way. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's uh, distances. Well, maps in general, um, directions are difficult. Very difficult. Okay, so... Uh, for this book series, she says you've got three books. Is that three books written or three books planned? Three books written. Okay. How many more do you think you're going to do? So I am in the middle of debating that. Ah. Um, I had originally, the thing is I had originally planned for 12 books for this 12 series. 12 books? Oh my. Yes. I have... I have a lot of plans. I had planned for this particular series to be 12 mm -hmm. books. And then I wanted to write other series that happened in different points of time in mm -hmm. this world. Like there's a lot of that goes on in the history that I was thinking it's interesting to write about. And I said, there's like, we're playing a different age in the game of the same thing. And I want to write about that, that, that character too. Right. However, lately I've been thinking because that character is a reincarnation of the character in the books. Oh. So I'm debating on if I want to just make these two series one long series or just have it two different ones. Uh-huh. So I had originally planned 12. Okay. Originally 12, but possibly many more. Possibly many more. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yours is going to... Your world is going to be one of those that has, like... A bunch of different series, but they're all interwoven and connected. Yeah, that's what I want. Okay, then. Yeah, uh, good luck with that. That sounds very fascinating and complicated. And the opportunity for Easter eggs will be such fun. Yeah. You said that this started out as a tabletop game. How is it changing that from a tabletop game to an actual novel-style piece? It has been, that has been one of my biggest challenges uh -huh. because I have to check to see about things that are um, copyright for said tabletop game and oh. change things about that. I have to also sometimes transferring from a tabletop game over to a cohesive story is a little difficult because tabletops aren't exactly cohesive. Right. So I have to change events that happened or I have to create totally new events that make more sense. Ah, yeah, see, I wouldn't have even thought about the whole copyright bit, but the cohesion bit, that one does make sense. Or, yeah. I mean, makes enough sense that you know how to change it sort of a thing. Right. So how did you go about figuring out what you could and could not include? So on that, I have, I know which game system is used, so I do a lot of research on what was actually theirs and oh. 
what is kind of fair game because they used a lot for mythology as well. So right. they really can't copyright a mythological mythological pe- person. No, and how, no, no, that would be interesting. Yeah, and how they're used in the game and how I use it in my story is different. So, huh. and a lot of it, I just yeah, I have to look up certain names and stuff and either take those characters out and create new characters to fill that specific need, or sometimes I don't even approach that part of the story at all anyways, so. Oh, okay, interesting. All right, moving a little bit sideways, um, is there an author out there in your specific genre whose abilities, whose writing abilities or editing abilities or whatever, you would like to steal Hmm. There are so many. <laughs> I'm probably going to go with Brandon Sanderson's abilities. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's pretty masterful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what specifically would you like to uh, seal about that? I mean, because there's, there's a lot there with Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, there is. Um... Let's see, his world building is just, like, I know he has so many videos about it that I've watched several. Um, His character building is awesome, Mm -hmm. honestly. Like, he immediately makes me feel for the characters he introduces. Mm -hmm. And so, really, it's those points that I love. I can totally understand that. Okay, yeah, well, I mean, he's... He's gotten a lot of experience with that. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, world building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that would be grand. Then if we're going to talk about, uh, there's one more. Um, okay. He's not exactly epic fantasy, though he has dipped his toes. Um, Neil Gaiman is well, like my writing god. Yes. <laughs> I love all his stories and mm-hmm. I mean, technically, some of his stuff is epic fantasy. It just happens to be, you know, other things, too. Urban right. fantasy and whatnot. And I'm a huge fan of urban fantasy as well as epic fantasy. They're kind of both my... They're both my favorite genres. They yeah. back and forth. Yeah. So that's Would kind you of... write an urban fantasy? Um, I do under a different name. Oh. Okay, yes. now I'm curious. Um, so this is my pen name. Uh-huh. Natalia, Natalia is my pen name. Um, my actual name is Nori Cosper. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of taking a hiatus from urban fantasy to write epic fantasy right now. But once I get more into the schedule of and being able to write full time and things, I plan on right. going back to my urban fantasy as well and switching back and forth. Yeah. So what made you decide to do two different names, even though, I mean, urban fantasy and epic fantasy, they're fairly similar in a lot of ways. And I know a lot of people write both under one name, whereas if you were to go like, you know, murder mystery, that one might be a different pen name sort of a thing. Uh, Funnily enough, it's the sex. Ah, yeah, okay. My epic fantasy has, at the moment, no actual sexual scenes. Uh-huh. Got it. So, and my urban fantasy does have sexual scenes. It's, it's more of a... I see. It's more of an adult 
situations type of thing. And okay. I didn't want, yeah, my readers there would have more expectations of that. And this, the epic is less romantic than the urban fantasy is. Yeah, see, that makes perfect sense because that's a whole different expectation sort of a thing. Right. I understand. So how has it been marketing two different names, though? It's a juggling act, really. And I'm not marketing my urban fantasy as much at the moment. Uh Uh-huh. Because I haven't had anything come out for a little while on that. But it is a little bit of a juggle because I have to switch back and forth. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, marketing is always a juggling act anyways. Yeah. Okay, so two different names. You've got your marketing going a little bit crazy. What is it that you do to keep yourself sane? Um, let's see. To keep myself sane, I play video games. Okay. I play tabletop role-playing games uh-huh. uh, once a week with friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's a lot of games because sometimes I occasionally my husband is big on board games. Oh, like so I'll... games or not so traditional? Uh, not so traditional, actually. Uh, we have a board game store right down the street from us, and we have all awesome. kinds of crazy games. Yeah, that sounds fun. And then I read a lot. Like, I try <laughs> to read every night or at least listen to pieces of an audiobook. Sure. And sure. whenever a good fantasy show comes out, I usually try to watch it. <laughs> so those are my... Okay. And good fantasy show. That is a pretty wide genre you've got there? Yes. It kind of allows me to have more shows. Well, yeah. Especially with all of the people doing their own stuff these days. Who's Let's see here. We've got Netflix doing all their own stuff. Amazon does all their own stuff. The fantasy world is on the rise. It is. And I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Definitely something I'm keen on. For people trying to get into your genre are there traps that they should avoid traps hmm. let me think this isn't always fun to hear no I'm, I'm, but I believe there are like I want to say that it's it's really important to see what to read a lot and, and see what people want to read, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's called writing the market, but really it's just finding what readers want. Uh huh. And like just saying, oh, I'm going to write like the story that's in my head and then assuming it's going to just be magic. Right. And people are going to love it doesn't always work well. <laughs> yeah. We wish it would. Totally wish it would. But you have to really connect with readers and find what they want to read mm-hmm. and try to find that wonderful point in between what you want to write and what they want to read. Mm-hmm. So it's still, so it, it's enjoyable for you, but it'll be enjoyable for readers as well. Right. And how do you go about doing that? Because, okay, theoretically, you have to then connect with readers first before you write which is like marketing in reverse 
it kind of is. And I join, I've joined a few reader groups for my genres. Uh-huh. And I look, I, I see their posts and I post, I actually post asking questions. I recently post asking a question and asking for um, examples in books about my question to see if there anything was out there. And I'm going to go through and actually list out what books that the reader suggested and read a lot of those that are probably in my genre to check uh -huh. out. And then I also, yeah, I also read a lot of books in my genre and I read reviews on those books to see what people liked, what people didn't like. It's mm -hmm. a lot of research, really. Yeah, okay. Sounds like, I'll, okay, you've already added more research to your already extensive list of research. Writing is research, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, somewhere in there you actually have to do the the, the writing. writing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always fun. And then there's the editing bit. Yeah. No, I'm really grateful that I have some great editors yeah. on my team that really help out and make a lot of great suggestions and catch a lot of my typos. I have oh, a lot. Typos. Yeah. Yeah, typos are fun. I'm always impressed at the ones that actually make it through. All the editing? <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Oh. oh, always, always fun. How do you find editing a series as opposed to, like, an individual book? Yeah, that editing a series instead of as opposed to an individual, individual book is definitely a lot more complicated because you have to go back and make sure that you've named the right character the right name or... Something you added in his in the history or a previous book that it that it's right in the like uh, current book. Mm -hmm. So I like to actually I have kind of a series bible with all my notes. So I go oh, in fun. and I go through and I put little notes on things that I know may come up in in next books, so I can look back at the notes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's probably something that um, most of us should invest in and I haven't yet done because it takes so very long. It does. Do you just keep up on your series Bible or is it like every book you go back and edit add I, you should be doing? I try to keep up. I'm a little behind actually to tell you the truth. I need to catch up once I finish this next book mm -hmm. but um, usually I try to go when I'm when I get my notes back, when I'm revising or I get my notes back from my editor, uh -huh. as I'm going through them, I'm also trying to update my Bible because it's just time. It saves time if I'm yeah. doing it then instead of having to go and edit and then do another round to set up, update the Bible and things. Right, right. Oh, yeah, the life of a writer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I think we live 75% in our heads, in our own story worlds. Well, yeah. And then there's the going out and realizing that, wait a second, the rest of the world doesn't think like this? Yeah. Especially you're like, wait, oh, this is real life. <laughs> I have done that more than a few times. The looks that I get, they're pretty impressive. Like, I feel that people think that writers might be the dizziest people in the world. I am totally the person that will push the pull 
door. Because I'm oh, so... I all the time. Oh my Cause, goodness. Because at the moment I'm currently thinking of a plot point or something that needs to change. And I'm not actually, I'm just on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Have you ever walked into like a countertop yet? Oh yes. Okay. I'm not alone. Hooray! So I think we've covered all of the fun things about your series. Multiple series, possibly singular series. Still a question mark on that one. We'll figure it out. If you're going to combine the two, would you have any super fun Easter eggs that you can tell us about that don't spoil it? Um, Destiny. Destiny? Yeah, Destiny and Fate is... If you can look for that ties in my books, those are fun Easter eggs. Okay. I mean, what? Really awesome and super vague. (laughs) It is super vague. Um, (laughs) I can just add that one of the one of the main supporting characters, Vandermeer, is a prophet. So, (gasps) yay! Prophets are fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That that destiny slash fate thing makes more sense now. Hmm. This will be fun. All righty. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add that is writing related or not writing related? Um, The Witcher is awesome. (laughs) That's just my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I keep seeing posts about it, but um, I probably won't see it for a while because I don't have a Netflix. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So I, have, I look at the pictures and I'm like, okay. Do you have like, Amazon Prime? I do. Um, did you see, what is it, Carnival Row? It has fairies. so. I started that one. I that started was, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I enjoyed that one. And it had fairies, so obviously, since I'm writing about them, I well, yeah. was gravitating. Um, Writing-wise, um, I do have a free novella that's also in the series that I haven't mentioned called Nocturne. Ooh. Um, I, if you go to my website, www.nataliacapello.com, uh-huh. you can actually sign up for my newsletter and get that novella. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. Is this like a prequel or like an in-between or... It is a prequel. Okay. So we don't have to actually know what's going on to find out what's going on no it is definitely a prequel you don't have to know what's going on that's useful yeah so what about this book that's coming out um so it continues it's book three and it continues uh lorelei's adventures Mm -hmm. um she is on this path to funnily enough i know i haven't mentioned this but there are vampires in my epic fantasy series well, you know, you can do whatever you want in epic fantasy. Yes. Um, and she is trying to defeat this mother of vampires, vampire queen. And ah. so she's going on a quest to gain power to do that. Good plan. Yeah. Good plan. I feel like that could go badly if she doesn't. Very badly. Mm-hmm. Good to know. All right. Well, that sounds awesome. Book three. Do you have a release date for that? Um, It is February 10th. February 10th. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, this interview should be going up right around there. Uh, If you're interested in more, look in the links in the description box. Otherwise, it has been absolutely fantastic talking with you and learning about all of the mythologies. 
that you're managing to combine, which I have to say is pretty impressive. Thanks. And it has been awesome talking with you.